One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern, voice of the entrepreneur. If you'd like to work directly with Ray and his team to grow your business through more powerful marketing campaigns, reach out to him via his website at raysagern.com or call 512-808-5775. Hey, before we get back into all this psychological goodness with Dr. Nick Grant, uh, quick sidebar, on the way in, you were talking to my producer, Chad Swiatek, you commented on his Detroit Tiger cap, yeah. and, you, and you made a you made a Magnum P.I. reference. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Great show. Really good. Really good. Now, I, I don't want to... I don't want to tell tales out of school here, and I got to be careful now when I bring my clients into this. Uh, so I'm out on the skinny part of the branch here a little bit. But for my client in Denver, Colorado, that was formed in 1980, the company's 40 years old, founded by the father, sold to the two sisters. The company's called Brothers. Now we got the sisters from Brothers running it, and we're writing an ad that's going to air in January. Okay, so it's like, well, what are the icons of? 1980. So, of course, you've got, what, the Rubik's Cube. You've got the old thing called a typewriter. But we also made a reference to Tom Selleck's mustache. Yeah. To me, that's a great 1980 Absolutely. item, right? Skinny skinny ties and parachute mm-hmm. pants mm-hmm. and Tom Selleck's mustache. And the owner of the company now, the CEO, she is 40-ish. Uh, her in-house right-hand guy, her marketing coordinator in-house, who we also work with a bunch, He's maybe 35, and I swear they had no idea who Tom Selleck was or what his mustache was, and we had to, we had to, we had to gut it out of the ad. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, that's, that's Tom Selleck's mustache really uh, contrasted to the thin pencil thin mustache of his uh, mentor there in the in the uh, in the series. That's Remember right. I do. Fellow, who Higgins. was from Austin, Texas? Higgins, right? Higgins was from Austin. Did you know that? Didn't know that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I think. All right. So we took a little detour there. That was for you, Chad. All right. You're welcome. All right. Uh, and we're going to get back to get back to the psychology. Psychology all right, all right. and business is what we're talking about tonight. Okay. We were talking about Myers Briggs, and you can kind of tie this together through through the different uh, axes of Myers Briggs in a, in a sales process. Yeah, yeah. You can take the four dimensions of the Myers Briggs in the sequence that you learn the letters. Uh-huh. A lot of people that are listening have taken something like that, where you get a letter set like E N F J or I S T J. But a lot of people don't know that. Literally, the letter that uh, the sequence of the letters is a sequence of a sales contact. You can huh. use it that way. So okay. that so if, I'm an ENTP. You're an ENTP. Mm-hmm. So you might begin in making contact by talking and doing something extroverted style, and be aware that you may be dealing with an introverted person, so that you can flex as you need to. Right. Then you go to talking about information need, mm-hmm. which is presenting your product. And intuitive people always talk about the connections and the vision and what mm-hmm. could be big picture. Big picture, yeah. and they may be talking to a sense type who wants to know has a specific question they want answered a specific need to to have be fulfilled and then stop talking and that's <laughs> okay. that's good service good customer service mm-hmm. then comes do we do talk about thinking or feeling do we talk about uh, what the features advantages and benefits are and the numbers and what what all the kinds of things that people like to look at objectively or do we like to look at an attractive model or someone that you know mm-hmm. who's using the product or, or enjoying it and you want to imitate that person both are excellent ways to make decisions about product use. For instance, mm-hmm. how did you decide to buy your cell phone? Did you look at all the contracts? Did you look at all the features of the phone? Mm-hmm. Or did you have a good friend that had pretty good service out of their phone oh, yeah, and right. dipped 
can. And we all do a little bit of both. But it's good to know which side you score on so that you can also practice the opposite and flex into it when you need to. And last, judging and perceiving. This is very important. Is that people that score judging don't want to be sold past the sale. Uh, They get really twitchy if they've already decided and you keep talking about advantages and how to come uh, do it in pink on Tuesday. No, they don't want that. They finish. They're done. They're out of here. They're also in countdown mode about time. Mm-hmm. Uh, best thing to talk to a J type is to say, I got three things to say. It's going to take two minutes. They go, great. I love you. Mm-hmm. With a P type, they, te- they tend to expand it and come sure. up with fine tunings right near the end to make it as relevant and as cool and as in a stylish as possible. And they just won't stop. <laughs> and they No, but because you know, there's always something. But uh, think right. of, yeah. Because they're open to all the possibilities. They are. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's so important for J and P types to appreciate both sides are completely legitimate human beings. Mm-hmm. And if they get together, guess what they do? Mm-hmm. You go to your opposite on JP, you manage change skillfully. Yeah, right. One Man Brand Radio on KLBJ with Dr. Nick Grant. When you guys did that video, you and, and Jeff Eisenberg, who's been a sh- uh, guest on the show a few times, uh, uh, there was a little there was a little pocket um, uh, cheat code almost. Uh, it was like a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little prompt, a uh, little sheet yeah, that you can carry around with you, you know, take yeah, a look that, at. That yeah. said you might what, be... You, you know, might be. How do you recognize? You might be, well, Jeff Boxer is. You might be extrovert if. <laughs> if, if, yeah. And one of the things a person says, you know, if extroverted persons like to dialogue, they use interruptive speech, they uh-huh. make eye contact, they initiate conversations. Introverted persons might not inter, uh, initiate conversations very much, uh-huh. may look away a little bit when they're talking, uh, may think before they talk because they're accessing the inside in order to be thorough when they talk. Right. That's that's not infallible, but by the way, extroverts, or rather introverts can fake it. In the United States, since extroversion is so important, yeah. introverts will learn to tell extroverts, but extroverts need to hear, so they'll go away. Right. And that's that's uh, that's a joke, you're supposed yeah, to laugh. Uh, well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. no, I got it, I got it. I was, but I was thinking, I remember uh, uh, inside of that joke was, I remembered there was one time you presented where you talked about Japan being the opposite. It's very much the opposite. It, it, well, yeah. in the United States, talk radio is a wonderful thing, and it's very much like our culture, being open, being connective. Uh-huh. We have all this space and lots of diverse people. That's why extroversion and explicit kinds of communication are so important. In Japan, where you have a homogenous population crammed on that, those islands for centuries and centuries, uh-huh. and you watch a Japanese tea ceremony where every action has implicit meaning and everybody knows what's coming next that's a more introverted society yeah and people don't speak until they're introduced and writing is a sacred art yeah you know uh you also had a lot to say about um uh somebody you're compared to sometimes which is mr rogers, rogers yeah. one of my great heroes yeah, yeah. i say single-handedly saved public television. And Mr. Rogers, who really runs an introverted show called Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, where he looks at you directly, gets to know you, tells you he likes you just the way you are. Mm -hmm. That's how an introverted person makes a friend with you, deep and for a long time. That's contrasted to Sesame Street, which is an extroverted show where things move really fast, really fast, really fast and keeping people's attention. So as a father of three daughters, 23, 16, and four, gotta be a story with that last one. It was with Serena that we learned about Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood and the anime. Are you familiar with that? Or Daniel have you, have you, Tiger, yeah. wonderful, yeah. So, so you obviously, I mean, obviously it goes back to the original show, but the, the whole cartoon, the new cartoon It's that wonderful, and yeah. it's wonderful. And by the way, they, they've finally, I think, public television realized, no, it isn't just about being entertaining and keeping things moving uh-huh. and keeping things stimulated. The whole theory of education right. behind Sesame Street, kids also like repetition, uh-huh. focus, and it gives them a sense of secure learning. And that's why we have things like Blue's Clues, yeah. which is a, so that'll never go. That's 
that's so boring. You just keep repeating things. Yeah. And kids that was glued. daughter number two, by the, the way. The, yeah. Okay, and they, they're glued to the set watching yeah. this. So mm-hmm. it's actually both. It's actually both. Interesting. One Man Brand Radio on KLBJ, where psychology and business converge. We're talking to Dr. Nick Grant uh, here in the last segment of the show tonight. Uh, I can't remember if you were the first person who said the phrase dual relationships, and it was, oh, I mean, to me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but somewhere it got on my radar. And lately, as I've been working on my book and I've been dealing with some of my client relationships, I've been thinking more and more about a couple of facets of this. One is just it's kind of the whole me too thing is, a, is an outgrowth of that where you can't be. So the idea of a dual relationship simply stated is you can't be you can't have two relationships going on. Yes, it binds people in because they feel they yeah. are free to really be themselves. Yeah. And the, the, the positive principle mm-hmm. is to have a relationship in which a person is free to make their own choices about what you're relating over. And if you have them say, if you're in business with them and you want to have a romantic relationship, well, you don't know which one you're relating to at the time. And and so uh, is it your romantic partner or your business partner? And sometimes you don't get a clear idea of which one you're relating to and it's bad. It bites you eventually. And so here's my thought, Dr. Grant, and this is what I'd like your opinion on. So uh, like any good duality, there's also a strong argument to be made that the backbone of this country is mom and pop business people who are married that started a business together and sure. and where we can you know in a, in a in a world where uh, more and more of the landscape is gobbled up by these multinational global conglomerates yep. how how powerful is it in our economy and our society that we can create family businesses that transcend generations but then you've got the dual relationships of family values butting up against business values it, so how do we reconcile all that that's really great and and what doesn't mean that family businesses are can't be done because of having a, a, a blood relationship with someone and, and doing a business together. Sometimes you can have really great family teams. People read each other really well. They cooperate. They're highly motivated. The thing where it gets really tricky is often in the transition between generations when the business is handed on mm-hmm. as to who was favored. Yeah. Uh, uh, sibling rivalry enters into yes. how uh, positions and who can do what the best. Well, who says so? And so a lot of times well, the affirmation that we deeply desire from our parents, if, if we're doing that and at the same time trying to run a business efficiently, those two can interfere with each other and they should be kept separate. Mm-hmm. They should be kept separate. So dual relationships basically have to do with keeping separate what should be kept separate so both in those separate areas can function independently, freely, with their best contribution. And mm-hmm. um, the dual relationships are tricky. Uh, I'm a psychotherapist, and I have to keep very strict relationships in terms of if I see someone, I really can't be their friend afterwards. Although I've met some wonderful people whom I love to be friends with. But no, because we've been therapist and and client, there's a different power relationship there that's Mm -hmm. always there. It will always be there. And so we have to steer clear of those kinds of things. 